Welcome aboard, Captain. Back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. I must be your other co-host, David Stoker. That you are. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Ten minutes in. That's exciting. Ten, yes, <laughs> we are ten minutes in. Yeah. So, yeah, ten minutes in. We're talking about minute ten of Star Trek IV, uh, the one with the whales. Uh, minute ten starts with starts with the test computer uh, continuing to compete with Spock in 3D chess. Uh, it was doing that at the end of the last minute as well, and it ends a minute later with Spock stating the question is irrelevant. Oh, Spock! Are all questions irrelevant to you, Smarty Pants? <laughs> smarty Pants. Has anyone ever called him a Smarty Pants? I don't know. I, I, if, if anyone, it's got to be McCoy. I was I was, I was just gonna say it would have to be McCoy. Um, so yeah, so this minute is primarily the, uh, uh, Spock, Spock being retested or tested to make sure he's, all his marbles are back. It's the memory test. The memory test. Okay. Yes. As memory alpha has let me know that it's called the memory test. How convenient of memory alpha to call it that. Yes. Not self-serving at all. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and this is a tool that apparently is not a, uh, according, again, according to memory alpha, uh, this is a memory test was a federation computer run performance and evaluate evaluation tool. So this is not a Vulcan thing. This is a federation oh. thing. Really? Oh, yeah, that's it, interesting. Again, that's what it says in the, um, yeah. In memory alpha, and it says the questions asked by the computer were based on its knowledge of the individual's background, skills, and species. So it knows, basically, hey, it's just like today. I mean, you go and search on Amazon on your uh, computer, and uh, lo and behold, you get Amazon ads in your Instagram feed on your on your phone. So, I mean, it's just like today. <laughs> it knows everything about you. Interesting. So Spock was on Facebook. He'd be, you know, seeing ads for the Lucarian outposts and, you know, come vacation here. 3D chess by Parker Brothers. (laughs) Interesting. That's that's pretty cool, though. So I I definitely assumed this whole time that that was a uh, that was a Vulcan tool. Um, uh, You know, I think we talked about last time, right? Similar to the, you know, the training pods that the Vulcan kids used. Right. um, How they were taught. so do you think this is a test in the Federation? If it's a Federation test, is it like, we're not letting you back in unless you can pass this test because we need you to be the Spock you were? Yeah, this is yeah, this is a, hey, you need to answer these questions right. What do you think Kirk's, Kirk's were? God. Um, All about women and ray guns? <laughs> I was, <laughs> was going to say women. Like, how do you then, it's probably all, how do you identify the female version of various species, you know? <laughs> I'm sure there's some ambiguity, some ambiguity, ambiguity, what's the word? <laughs> ambiguity. I'm sure there's some ambiguity uh, in some species. Funny. All right. So do you want to go through the, the, the uh, do you want, 
Would you be able to answer any of these questions? So I could answer none of these questions <laughs> because <laughs> A, some of them just aren't real, and B, because I'm just not that smart. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping, you know, that there's this minute's like chock full of, you know, Star Trek oddities and, you know, and I, I was assuming I was going to learn tons of new stuff, you know, in, in researching this. Right. Um, but this is like an untapped, this whole scene, this computer is like an untapped mm. um, chunk of Star Trek I don't know, lore or uh, because nobody's expanded on any of this stuff. None of these things have appeared. A lot of these things have not appeared in other films or other series and right. it, you know you think somebody would have you know picked some of these up and um like the uh uh the the evaluate and conclude starship sensors mm. sensors indicate is being pursued so closely that it occupies the same space as its pursuer yeah you don't see the answer on screen but in the script the answer is uh the warp drive regulators are creating a parallax matter echo yeah you didn't know that <laughs> i mean come on Everybody knows that. Well, you would think, though, I'm like, oh, P Parallax, Matter Echo, that has got to be something Jordy LaForge has said. <laughs> and uh, it, there's there's nothing. The, the, the only reference to this is that, oh, that was mentioned as a question uh, in Star Trek Four. Yeah. So it hasn't been reused, which is really surprising to me. Did you have any favorite questions? Um, so my favorite question actually is the one where it says, what was the principal historical event on the planet earth in the year 1987? Because yeah. as we know, this movie came out in 1986. So they would have no way to put an answer there whatsoever <laughs> because unless they, you know, could see in the future. <laughs> do you think, yeah. And I, and I do like that. And that had to, I mean, that had to have been thrown in there for the audience to go, Ooh, you know, they're going to give us right. a glimpse into our own future. Like, what what happens next year? <laughs> but, of course, I stupidly started searching. I'm like, oh, what happened in 1987? So I'm going through and I'm thinking, wait a minute. This movie was made in 1986. What are you doing, dummy? They see into our future. Um, I I went and looked at the script. I'm like, maybe it's in the script because mm -hmm. the script has all the questions and the answers. Um, in the script, it just says, uh, the script says, things are going too fast to see the answer. Like, oh yes so it's totally there for like you know what are, what are the odds you know they're going to travel back to 86 <laughs> this federation computer is asking about what's happened in 1987 like mm. come on but i like it because like i said i'm sure we perked up you probably perked up a tiny bit of your the back of your brain went oh we're gonna hear something that hasn't happened yet yeah nothing i do like this whole sequence um because it's like it's a little like the, you know, the Rocky training montage with, without the montage. And it's definitely Star Trek and, you know, the way it's, you know, throwing questions at him. And I, I just, I really, I really like how we're, we're, we're getting into this movie and getting to know Spock. That's pretty cool. Unfortunately, you put the, um, the Rocky four images into my head and I'm seeing him like carrying a log <laughs> on his back. And, um, would you, would you have preferred to see this as a montage? Like, you know, like, no, no, I, I mean, I know when they did the reboot, um, and the little kids are in the, you know, in the half bubbles and mm -hmm. that is sort of montage. -y. I like how they do this where it's sort of, it's all happening at once. And it's sort of 
we're given the illusion that he's like entering these with the keyboards and the voice and all kind of at once. So it, hmm. it's, it's kind of montage without being a montage. Yeah. Well, now you which, is, which is what I like about it. I, I like this, this scene better than the one in the reboot for that reason. I've always liked it too. And, you know, you, you definitely give me more to think about because, you know, again, I've always thought it was some insight into what it means to be a Vulcan. Mm. Um, oh yeah. How Vulcans, you know, learn how they're trained and, uh, but now that you're saying it's a federation tool, so what was your favorite question, Chris? Uh, it is the first law of metaphysics. Uh, uh, Kiri Kintha's first law of metaphysics, because um, mm-hmm. the answer is nothing unreal exists, and, and I've actually, you know, had to stop. And every time I say that out loud, I actually my head, you know, tilts up to the side, and I pause and have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's true, right? It's not, yeah. If, if you can't have it's something, a double neg- well, it's a double negative, so it's everything real exists. Everything real exists, and nothing that is unreal exists. Yeah. So I've always liked that one. Um, is he saying antimatter? <laughs> that's unreal, isn't it? That's unreal, man. That's so unreal. <laughs> uh, so a couple of things on this one that. Um, uh, there's a there's an Easter egg in this uh, I found out. Oh. Um, so uh, Kirk Thatcher, he's he ends up Kirk Thatcher is I think he's a production assistant and he ends up playing the punk on the bus later in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's like all over. I'm finding he's all over Star Trek Four. His name keeps turning up. Um, and so he he wrote uh, most of this test. Um, oh, cool. And so his name, Kirk Thatcher, is actually kind of, uh, uh, it's in the, the Kiri Kintha's first law of metaphysics that Kiri Kintha is like made up of most of his name. So oh, like cool. a little Easter egg, a little self-referential thing. Um, and at last minute, we I think we talked about the question about um, uh, what's the molecular formula. We thought it was aluminum sulfide crystal. Yes. Um, it's, it's. That's what I thought they said, but in the script, it's it's a yomium uh, sulfide crystal, oh. and yomium uh, or yomium, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's nimoy spelled backwards, so the beginning of the yomium. Oh yeah. So he threw that in there too. So he's got all these little. His name just keeps showing up as like these little jokes and stuff. Um, oh cool. Uh, so it's kind of cool. So I did find that. Uh, so there's one question that's on screen but we can't see oh okay. and it says uh, it says uh where were the first conclusive advances made on torpedo tor- space-time distortion and by whom sure so that's on screen but we don't uh he doesn't answer it is it stephen yeah. hawking it is also not stephen hawking yeah. uh it says it says at cambridge massachusetts earth in 2052 by ralph saron oh, and we Ceron. all know we all know who Ralph Saron is. Do, do, do we? No. <laughs> just a name. Okay. <laughs> and then there were two questions in the script that were not on screen. Okay. Which were, what signif- significant legal precedent arose from the peace pact between Argus and Rigel Four? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost said six. Uh, all beings may not be created equal, yet shall be given equal opportunity and treatment under the law. All beings, what is it again? All beings may not be created equal, yet shall be given equal opportunity and treatment under the law. 
So that, that's a good thing then, right? That's not a bad thing? Well, I mean... They're treated equally we, under the we, law. We, 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 well, we say all, you know, all men are created equal. They're saying, no, they're not. Not everything's created equal, oh. but they'll be given equal opportunity and treatment. So that smacks of uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm. A mm, little mm. bit. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. And then, and then the last one is a is it? It's a uh, it's a picture, but again, not shown on screen. It just says, "What is this model of?" And the answer is a three dimensional theoretical representation of a four dimensional time gate, <laughs> as proposed by the Andorian scientist Shresh. Uh, so how would Spock have had to say all that out loud if we if that had made it into the film? Well, my guess is he probably would have just. I mean, some of the questions, as you know, he doesn't answer. He just types in on the keyboard thing, right? Which is a fantastic keyboard, by the way. <laughs> so that brings me to a question. Okay. And it's always those, um, you know, we use keyboards and mice today, and that's how we interface with our computers. And I'm holding mine uh, up right now. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry. no. Um, but I, I always get I always get fascinated by how input devices in um, and we may have talked about this, you know, since this is the third movie we've, we've done. We may have talked about like how they're just pushing like buttons, but they apparently mean something mm -hmm. in the order they push. But there's no like. Yeah. I've never I, I, I don't think I've ever made that leap to say like, oh, yeah, that that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't understand. Like, to me, I have to hit keys to make things work, and just hitting random buttons just does not compete I, with me. Right, right. And, I mean, you know, obviously, we our primary is, you know, is a, is a keyboard or, right. you, know, the, you know, a little key. Yeah, I don't know, what the hell do you call it on a phone? Keypad? What is the, yeah. the, key, the you yeah. know, the digital keyboard on your phone? Right. God, could I sound older? <laughs> um. <laughs> But now I'm trying to think of like, okay, what's like the weirdest interface I've ever used? And a couple things that pop into my head are like um, the trackball and centipede, right? That's, right. That if you were, didn't know what the hell that was, like, what is he doing? He's spinning that thing around. And um, or what about like, um, you know, uh, a gaming mice that have like, you know, ten extra buttons on them? <laughs> True. Right. That's a weird interface. I guess I guess I'm just naive and thinking like everyone should be using a keyboard and mouse because that's the only way you could ever interface with these devices. That's it, man. Uh, yeah, we still don't even have uh, you know the Minority Report interface, oh, yeah. right? On, the, on the screen, yeah. Right, and I forget, did he wear gloves in that movie, or was he, did, he just? Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he wore special gloves too. Okay, so it wasn't even just flipping my hands around in the air. It's all coming, Dave. He'll be here someday. Yeah. There's those flying cars. <laughs> I just saw, uh, at the time of this recording, I just saw uh, uh, Hover Shoes. Hover Shoes? Hover Shoes. You know, that's stupid. Was it the Consumer Electronics Show? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw somebody, I, who knows if it's real, right? But some reporter like it. Okay, so some reporter. Okay, I'm, I'm already... <laughs> ruining the whole thing <laughs> it was a reporter like hey i'm here at ces check out these hover shoes and she's you know she's wearing them and then she kind of goes floats down the you know down the aisle and right. floats back and i'm like even even if they are real it, it, 
you think you know the ven- a vendor who's got hover shoes is going to let some schmo put them on and try like i would think you'd have to practice to wear hover shoes right because the first thing i would do if i had hover shoes on would be like i'd be doing a massive split like you know, unintentionally right yeah <laughs> ah, how do you stand up straight so i don't know it could be here hover shoes may be the first step is what i'm saying mm. all right back to the questions okay okay do we get actually do we do them all <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I think we got to, we got through most of them. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, the universal atmospheric element compensator again, not a thing that was used or has been right. used outside of the, outside of the movie. Um, that does sound some kind of a Star Warsy to me, though. Mm. Oh, the one thing I will mention is that um, Spock has to identify an object and its cultural significance, and he answers with Klingon mummif mummification glyph yes and there's there's an expansion of that answer in the script it says a klingon mummification glyph from the earliest part of the zangstholt dynasty uh one more, one more time i didn't catch that i'm not gonna say it, it was <laughs> bad enough i didn't say it once but you're so good at klingon yeah okay. as we know from previous seasons <laughs> everyone's rolling their eyes right now going oh my god not klingon <laughs> I, I look I I didn't look into that at all, but I did go oh uh, Klingon mummification. I mm-hmm. I wonder you know was that uh, was that a inspirational for you know the first season of Star Trek Discovery? Mm. Uh, you know because there's that whole um, you know they're putting their bodies in sarcophagus sarcophagi right. and whatnot. Um, I don't remember if mummification comes up in any of the other series. Do you? No, but I just say, you know, Klingons were always like, you know, the, you know, it's a good day to die, you know, mm. it's go die in battle. And I never would have pictured them for the mummification of bodies. I figured they would have been a, hey, the body's dead, burn it. <laughs> you know, like All that's, right. I, I guess pie. that's what I, yeah. I, I guess that's what I, what I pictured. Yeah. I never would have pictured them for the sentimental preserving sure. of you know important figures right right yeah a funeral pyre seems very klingon yeah yeah so i found it kind of odd i like it yeah I, i'm i'm gonna say that it's well i'm gonna have to look that up did you do you have any information on the what was the dynasty name again nice try damn it uh did you find any information on that dynasty is it referenced I did not, at all i did not, I did not. oh okay We'll have to do some homework then. I'm a, I wonder if that one is mentioned. Is that one of the 24 houses? Um, of, of I believe going. it's only mentioned here. Again? Yes. All right. Untapped. Um, Untapped. Yes. So it's just thrown out information into the nethers and never used again. Well, there we go. This thing, like I said at the top of the, top of the episode, this thing's chock full of, of Star Trek opportunity. I think, yeah, I, I mean, it, it I, I might've mentioned this before, but it makes me think of that movie with, um, what's his name? He played, uh, the dark Knight movie, Aaron Eckhart. Is that his name? He played, he was in the movie, um, uh, thank you for smoking. And it was, he was like a lobbyist for the smoking industry, you know, for oh, yeah, cigarettes. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, um, one of the things is he's meeting, those characters like a movie guy and he's like 
he's like, oh, you know, the movie's in space. And Rob Lowe's like, hey, we just we just write the thing that makes them allow, you know, makes them, uh, you know, smoke in space because clearly you can't smoke in space. But we'll we'll develop this thing. And we'll just throw it out there and people will believe it. And I feel like sometimes this is the same sort of thing. It's like, hey, we'll just throw out these random random things. We'll never use them again and people will believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess I'm, yeah, I think, I think Star Wars is a little, um, you know, guilty of, uh, you know, uh, over explaining every little thing or you know, mm. taking every little throwaway line and giving it a giant backstory and stuff. And I guess I, I feel like Star Trek isn't as bad about that or, right. you know, or maybe I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a bad Trekkie and I just don't mind <laughs> My knowledge is not deep enough of, oh, yeah, the, you know, uh, know, uh, I can't think of any of these. (laughs) The uh, first law of metaphysics, yeah, that comes up all the time. Right, yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, that's, um, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I like it. I mean, I like that there's throwaways, but I think I like, um, I like when stuff gets connected, especially like, because a lot of this is, you know, seems very, it's very science-y, right? Not so much science fiction, um, even though. It is fiction. I'm just saying. It just sounds like it could definitely connect. Parallax matter echoes. Come on. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I want to actually see that happen. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings is one of those things like that I think of where like they have this fabulous lore to build around. And obviously, there were there were books and stuff that they could pull from, but I I just hate when they when they insert things and they throw it away. All right. Well, moving on. So this minute, I guess you know the. You know, the bulk of it is the, is the, what'd you call it? What's the name of it? Test computer? But you had the memory, memory test, memory test. But there's a great reveal here. Um, when the, the, the memory test gets down to, you know, how do you feel? Right. Starts asking him, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spock, I do not understand the question. There's just something about that shot of just him. He's looking right, right at, you know, looking right at almost at us. Uh, he just sounds very Spock. Yes. Um, and then they do this great, you know, reveal of Amanda, you know, she's, what is it Spock? And then he turns around and she's kind of been, I don't know how long she's been standing there, but she, cause we've seen right. Spock a few times from this angle, but she's standing right behind him uh, in the doorway. And, um, I, I know we talked about this during the credits because they gave it away that Amanda was in the movie. Um, and uh, I just thought this would be, this would be the, what a, a, she's kind of revealed in a surprise way. Mm. Um, I just think this would have been a, uh, I don't know. I I would have liked to have just known at this moment that Amanda was here and not being having it ruined in the credits. Right. Cuz cuz it's pretty cool cuz it's like, oh, it's because yeah, it's you know, it's a surprise it's it's, it's Amanda, it's the original Amanda, mm. Jane Wyatt, right? It's the, right. the original actress. Um um and I don't know. I just think it's a it I feel like there should be more weight to her being there than than there is and um do do you do you, were you like you know, no, surprise thought, or like, ooh, cool, the original actress, or did we're like, eh, no, whatever. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great reveal. I mean, I thought in the, and and the way they did it, because not only are we learning like kind of where Spock is, like obviously he still is super intelligent, he remembers everything, but then she comes in and sort of is like, you know, you're half human, like the computer knows that, like almost saying. Do you not remember that you are, you are human that, you know, that is a big part of who you are. And I think 
it just resets us all to say like, right, this is this is Spock 2.0. This is this isn't the original fun loving Spock we got used to. This is a different person now. Yeah, I I we need to talk about that more. We need to explore that more as we go on through this thing because I I still feel like I'm <clears throat> yeah, you know the fact that it's Spock 2.0 it, there's there's something about it that bothers me and I don't know if I've ever gotten over that. And and I so I just want to I'm going to I'm going to have to talk about it mm. more and more as we go along and through the other right. films even too. I mean it's I mean he evolves um, you know, he continues to evolve over the next couple of movies, and this, um, and I don't know if I. We haven't we haven't said the question like you know, what would Spock from the TV series be doing at this moment? You know, would he be behaving the same way, right. taking his test? Would you know, or because uh, he does, he he seems a little different, and, and maybe it's because I'm not seeing any, you know any emotion there, any of his half human side. Mm, right. I don't know. So let's, we will have plenty of opportunity to talk about that and explore that yeah. more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he doesn't understand the question. Yeah. Question is irrelevant. I love that. I love the <laughs> dismissiveness of Vulcans. Like how is it irrelevant? Come on. Um, I had one, it, tell me if you know this, that uh, the, the font, the computer font. When, mm. How do you feel? I mean, it's I think throughout the whole test. But uh, have we seen that font before? It looks really familiar to me. And I'm trying to, looks, you know, looks very um, old timey. Like, and I mean, like uh, something like a monk would have written in like the mm. old, the old yep. texts. Right. It's got kind of almost like a calligraphy type style to it. Um. I may be just thinking of, you know, an old Star Trek video game, right? That, I mean, mm. the, the graphics are you know, right out of something I would have watched on my Commodore 64 or something. I gotta, I gotta do that for Omar, too. I want to find out what that font's from. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, I, I think that's all I had for this minute. Did, did you have anything else, good sir? I do not. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Yeah, and folks, uh, while you're waiting, why don't you uh, uh, head on out to the internets, and uh, you can find us elsewhere. Uh, we're on the Twitter and Instagram as uh, Star Trek Minute. Um, we're on Tumblr as well, so if you want to uh, uh, visit us out there while you're waiting for a new episode, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday talking about Minute 11 of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.